Hello everyone, it's Precious Pioneer and welcome back to another episode of Precious the Foodie. We have now reached 1,000 downloads. What a milestone. Thank you guys so much for your continuous support. If you guys really love this show, I encourage you to leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Radio Public. But today I have a special guest from Israel. Her name is Cheryl Puderman. She specializes in the psychology behind our stress, anxiety, and habits and behaviors. With the coronavirus impacting the world, there's been an increase of panic, uncertainty, and stress. I know so many of us are unemployed and it's been incredibly worrisome to say the least. But there's power in letting go and accepting how we feel in this moment. Whether quarantine has put us all in a slump or we don't feel 100% like ourselves, I encourage you to cut yourself a break. Accept yourself as you are in this moment. In today's show, we'll cover strategies and ideas to better yourself during moments that seem extra heavy, to retrain your mind and redistribute the weight. You don't have to carry it alone. Hi, welcome to Precious the Foodie Podcast, the show that will uncover stories through palettes and memories. My name is Precious Pioneer, your host. I'm a chef, a creative, and a foodie. I'm meeting people all over the world using food as a medium to highlight truths into bite-sized pieces. Hi, everybody. I'm Cheryl, Cheryl Putzeman. I am an internationally trained and certified mind, body, and wellness practitioner. I am the founder and CEO of Nourishment Vitality. I am based in Israel and founded Nourishment Vitality as a way and a passion and a mission to help so many people overcome their challenges with stress, with fatigue, with weight management, and so much more. I and my family are survivors of the 2004 Asian tsunami. This is the event that is actually the leading catalyst that led me to my studies on the science of stress, the healing power of breath, and later on developed into nutritional psychology and into mind-body nutrition. I was always faced um, after this event and challenged with uncertainty and learning how to relax into uncertainty. And this is the reason of why I do what I do. And I'm very blessed to be passionate about the work that I do and able to help so many people overcome their challenges, both in life and with their eating challenges and transforming their relationships with food, with body and with themselves, ultimately letting go of what no longer serves them and becoming the best versions of themselves. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl, for being a guest on the show. I kind of wanted to pick some of what you said apart and talk about it. I find that sometimes when you face really tough adversities to kind of turn it into something positive and use your experience to help other people is actually quite powerful. And so can you tell me a little bit about your experience? And uh, you said that you were in the 2004 tsunami. What was that even like? Because I can't even fathom or imagine being in a situation like that. Well, Precious, you know, as a survivor of the 2004 Asian tsunami, learning how to face something so sudden and so un 
So uncertain, it changed the trajectory of the outlook of my life from that point forward. And it was my own life's adversities that led me on this path of healing. How, how was it? It was a very traumatic, uh, life-changing event. When I returned back from, uh, from this event with my family, I suffered a tremendous amount of overwhelm and with panic attacks. And this is what led me to my studies again of the science of stress. And I was very blessed to be able to learn with some of the world's leading masters in these fields, learning how to regain my focus, my clarity, and learning the tremendous power in breathing and in calming down one's uh, nervous system and this helped me tremendously and I became very passionate about this and continued to study in these areas for many years and later on this developed into other areas that I've always been passionate about. I've been studying metaphysical sciences since I've been a teenager so this wasn't new to me but really honing in and studying with some of the masters in these areas and overcoming life's adversities myself and areas where I was challenged with uncertainty and you know turning I turned in my case as well to unhealthy habits and behaviors and to stress eating and that's also why I later studied nutritional psychology I got a real handle on that so that I now am able to help so many other people through the areas that I was challenged with where I developed expertise in and figured out systems and ways of what really works and helps people move past these self-limiting beliefs and even move past certain traumas. I believe that in life and as, my, as I myself realized through my tsunami experience that there are some traumas in life that you overcome and there's some that you never really do. They do just become an integral part of who you are, but you live with them, you work with them, you move with them. And whilst you can, they don't necessarily have to define you. And whilst they don't go away, they actually just become a part of who you are and you can move forward with them with the right help and guidance and time. Time does heal as well. Right. And so you mentioned that there's an immense power in not only breathing, but in the human vulnerability and to help control with your stress and trauma and things like that. And, and I know that here and especially in American culture, we are stressed all the time or sometimes, um, we, suffer from anxiety or other sort of conditions where, uh, that could lead that can stem from family, it could stem from your, like our job, our occupation. And so you said with the right guidance and studies, we can kind of uh, transition ourselves. And so I was wondering what tips or what kind of advice would you offer to people to, who want to get out of that or evolve into something more healthy or to evolve into a better lifestyle where they're not suppressed or like under the foot of all of these conditions? Well, firstly, I think that when one learns, and you can learn to relax into one's experience more, instead of stressing into one's experience, this helps tremendously. Because when you relax into anything, you're putting the body more into parasympathetic dominance, where it is more relaxed, where everything starts to flow easier, you get more clarity, you can't focus when you stress. But the first step of anything to any evolution 
whether it's with our habits, our behaviors, or with our stresses itself, is to recognize that. So we need to validate our emotions always, to validate our emotions, where we're coming from, start where we're at. So if we're tremendously stressed right now, recognize that. And not only do we need to validate and recognize, but we need to lean in with this conscious curiosity and very importantly, compassion for where we're at. We need to be Mm -hmm. gentle with ourselves on our journey, especially when we are faced with tremendous stresses or life has thrown us curveballs and we just feel lost, overwhelmed or, or stuck. So step number one always is validation. To validate one's emotions is always that first step, to lean in and become consciously aware. And secondly, to be extremely kind to oneself and gentle with oneself on the journey as you evolve, as you start to move through these experiences. Healing is not easy. And there are systems that people that have gone through, like myself, for example, um, areas where I've healed, that I've broken down areas where I feel what works. And I can honestly say that, number one, validate your emotions. There's no right or wrong way to feel. Sometimes we try too hard to show up in a certain way, be a certain way, and we push ourselves too hard. So we need to validate where we're at. And secondly, in order to to do that, if we don't have any tools and we don't know how to do that, even simple things like taking pen to paper and journaling out can help you understand where you're at and the emotions that you're riding through, the wave of emotions that you're riding through at any given time in life. And of course, breathing. Breathing is the connection between our emotions and our breathing are very closely connected. So when you just simply slow down, pay attention to your breath, deep conscious breathing is going to help you to calm down and regulate your, your nervous system so that you can then start to become more focused and create some sense of clarity um, moving forward. So you'll be able to, be, to, to face life from a more rational point of view when you are more calm so that you can become more proactive instead of panicked. So simple breathing techniques can truly help and tips for, for whoever's listening. Um, simply counting the breath, focusing just on the numbers can simply help, can simply help and inhale counting to four. And when you exhale, you count to four or you pause so that it's uh, inhale to four and hold and exhale to four and hold. Simply doing that, you can become more relaxed in just a couple of minutes and it can really help the body get more into that relaxed state where everything flows much better. And then, of course, so you're more aware of the way you're feeling and then you can do other simple things like journaling. And, you know, science has proven that simple gratitude exercises, for example, naming three to five things that you're grateful for at any given time can uplift the mood significantly so. So simple things. And I always say the three Gs or the five Gs, quick, don't even think about it. What can you be grateful for right now? And, you know, 
not even thinking about it. You just name three things and this can also help to uplift the mood tremendously. So, And another tip for everybody is that one of the greatest antidotes for, for going through, through life stressors is to actually uh, help somebody else as well because when we help somebody else we and we're empathetic to other people as well we are also in essence helping ourselves and this also uplifts our moods tremendously no I, I think that's really great you spoke on so many different topics um I can definitely attest that uh, what you described with the breathing, by the way, you have a very calming voice. And so I was, as I was listening to you, I was able to kind of just relax a little bit. That <laughs> is really nice. But I can definitely attest to how meditation affects people. It slows your heart rate and it also kind of leaves you alone with your thoughts to, to like be able to sit in silence and to gather your thoughts and reflect on who you are and what's actually troubling you. And I think um, you also touched on just being true to yourself and uh, validating your emotions are really important. And I feel like especially in our culture with social media and all these other things playing a factor, sometimes we wait for permission or we seek out validation from other people to feel certain ways or to act on certain things when really I think to move forward or to seek out any sort of healing really does start with yourself and what's on the inside. I also wanted to touch on your gratitude point because I think that's also a really, really good note. Um, I read somewhere that sometimes we don't realize how much goes into our day-to-day -day lives. And so there was this experiment that this guy did because he wanted to somehow increase his level of gratitude because he was feeling a lot of stressors in his life. And one thing that he did was for the things that he used on a day-to-day -day basis, he learned just to say, thank you. So he, he used the example of his daily cup of coffee. Most people um, have a cup of coffee in the morning or a cup of tea, and we don't think about it. He broke it down and he's like, okay, where did I get it from? I got it from the grocery store. The beans came from Bali. They went to a, ro a roaster and all these different aspects. And so he researched the company of where he got it and all these different things and just sent thank you letters. And uh, he remembers all of them calling him and just being so bewildered that someone from across the world was just saying thank you for all of the labor that they put into making his morning cup of coffee. And I mean, that's in a super extreme example, but I think that the alignment is just right. You know, just finding a way to just say thank you to express gratitude does increase your mood because I feel like one of our superpowers as humans is that when we lift other people naturally, we also are lifted up. And I think that's such a good inspiration or a good, not necessarily incentive, but I think it's great that however much love or kindness we put out into the world, we naturally are also lifted up by that. And um, so I thought you made a really good point on those uh, topics right there. And um, I kind of wanted to ask you, you talked a lot about how your mental and your mind plays a huge role in your health. I know on the foodie side, as a chef, like I, a lot of the issues that stem from a lot of a lot of the common food problems, whether that's obesity or on the opposite side, anorexia and like not eating enough versus eating too much uh, stem from emotional eating habits or that develop into unhealthy habits. And so I kind of wanted to ask you what goes into the mindset, whether it's related to food or whether it's related to your health that can kind of help stem people in the right direction. 
Great question. And I just wanted to add one thing when about helping other people and kindness and compassion, Precious, is that when you give from the heart, you truly do get for the heart. So it, it really is just, just simple things again, like, like focusing on one's blessings just opens up appreciation for what one's got, opens up the door for so many more wonderful things to come. And at the end of the day, you know, there's so many techniques and follow XYZ out there, but things like kindness, consciousness and compassion, they not meant to be a fix but they do keep us here present and grounded and in a way that can offer healing. So those simple things, the science of the simple that we often just overlook, they really, really help. So I think it's important to always come back to, to, to love, to kindness and to compassion. That definitely helps. As far as the stresses in life, uh, turning people turning to, to food for comfort and, and to stress eating and, and people actually emotionally eating, there's always a good reason that's based either in psychology or biology for why we behave the way we behave. Our mental and our physical well-being are never separate. One will always affect the other. And with, with stress eating, and especially now during this period of time, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been triggered to unhealthy eating habits, even re-triggered. They may have overcome unhealthy habits and returned being at home so much these habits may seem to be dominating the day. So with emotional eating, it can actually override your cognitive part of the brain. It's such a powerful behavioral cycle. You you don't want to be doing it necessarily. You understand that you shouldn't be doing it, but you keep doing it. And there are a lot of people that think that stress eating and emotional eating is only about willpower and, and about self-control. But in actual fact, the problems run a lot deeper and emotional eating can be triggered to cope with stress and big changes, major life events, and or simply to satisfy any kind of an emotional need. So once again, the first step is to become aware of one's thoughts, what it is that's going on, and to ask oneself when they do find that they stress eating, when they find that, that uh, one is emotionally eating, what is actually going on with me? What am I really hungry for because often when we turning to and it's funny how we always turn to the fridge for comfort but when we turning to food for comfort and let's say you you turning to unhealthy foods for comfort even after you've eaten so you know that you're not actually physically hungry one needs to recognize what it is that's going on instead of trying to hide it or avoid it just simply recognize process what's going on and create a checklist for oneself. What is it that I'm really hungry for? What is it that I'm truly craving for here? Is it pleasure? Is it connection? Is it uh, that I'm actually maybe I didn't eat enough during the day? Is it that I'm that I'm zoned out? You know, so many people are just checked out when when we when they're eating. You know, we're not actually present. We're not embodied. And at the end of the day, once if we don't ask ourselves these questions. We can't start to change any habit until we become aware of it. Because if you're turning to that tub of ice cream for connection all the time, but you're not doing anything about it, you're not re- you, because you're actually lonely, but you're not reaching out to speak to anybody. Even in these times of social distancing, you're not making that phone call or in a family or you, 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 
talking to your spouse, but everybody's eyes are just focused on their phone. So it's actually that that connection that you're craving for. You can't take those conscious actionable steps to help yourself through that until you become aware of that. And so much of our habits and of our behaviors are rooted in our stories and in things that we are not even conscious that we're doing all the time. So we have to bring that conscious awareness and kindness into it in order to change any habit and behavior. And with mind, body, nutrition, it's a fascinating connection between the brain, the body and the behavior. It's a very big topic, uh, one that we probably can't cover too much on on the actual (laughs) talk this evening, but it's a an extremely powerful way to transform one's behaviors and unhealthy habits, be it whether it's with food or other unhealthy self-sabotaging behaviors, into something more more positive and into over a period of time cultivating healthier habits that are actually sustainable and that work. Right. You mentioned, it's funny how you mentioned the ice cream example, because I was just thinking about that connection. Um, There's usually that connotation of a heartbreak or loneliness or something where you're binge eating ice cream and all these different things, or it can even be a connection to you get home from work or something and you're stressed or you're tired. And so you immediately, I don't know, watch Netflix. And then we all know the potato chip example where you're kind of just uh, subconsciously eating, um, not realizing that you've eaten like the entire bag or something. And so there's all these tips of like maybe just putting it in a bowl and all these different things. But I think that your biggest point that I think we should kind of highlight is that just being aware of what we're doing. I think the very first step of any sort of uh, healthy step forward is just being in tune and being in a line of like what you're actually doing to check in because a lot of these habits are deep rooted. Funny enough, I'm actually reading a book on habits because I want to develop good habits and then get rid of bad habits, these different things. The example that they used in the book that kind of stuck with me of how deep our habits are and how subconscious they are is they use this example of a lady who used to smoke a little bit in her 20s. But the thing is, though, she was a horseback rider uh, with her friends. And so uh, every weekend, she'd go and ride these horses with their friends. And that's when they always lit up a cigar and then rode around the countryside. And she did that for a couple of years. And then later in her 40s, she had quit already. She had quit in her 30s and she hasn't been a smoker since. But when her family went on a ranch to ride horses, suddenly she had a craving for a cigar, even though she hasn't smoked in 15 years. And so it was explaining how deep-rooted a lot of our habits are, that they're so subconscious that um, we can overcome them by replacing them with better habits and becoming better version of ourselves. But habits don't ever really truly 100% go away because they're engraved in our minds. And once that indention is there, then it never quite goes away. However, we can supplement it or treat it out for something else. But I think sometimes just being conscious is a daily habit that we each need to work on. And like you said before, it's not necessarily easy. And sometimes it is very trying. Uh, Sometimes it can tap into emotion. So trying. It's so trying. Right. And so I just feel like, you know, for the listeners out there, I don't want you to feel discouraged because it is possible. However, I don't want to sell you something that's simply not true, that it's like a super easy thing to transition to because it does require a lot of self-reflection to face your trauma and to sit in it 
really isn't an easy thing to do, but just knowing that there's, there is light, there is a way out, there is a way to uplift yourself after that, after you address those feelings. I think that's also really powerful to understand too. Well, I can tell you that what I've seen with my clients, what I've seen with myself as well, Precious, is that when you face anything and you actually look at it head on, but you do it not from a place of judgment because with us, with our unhealthy habits and behaviors, we often are harshest critics, right? We're always self-judging. We're telling ourselves stories in our heads. We're not good enough. We're not this. We're not that. And at the end of the day, when you actually face your habits and you face the behavior, but you look at it from a from a perspective of kindness and compassion, the behavior starts to loosen its grip. Its voice starts to soften down in you, and that's when that's when things start to actually transform. And this is something that over a period of time you actually teach yourself to retrain your brain and your 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 way of being into a new and a healthier way of being. Because like you said, so often with our habits, we're not even aware of that we're doing it. They are unconscious. And for example, with the foods, with stress eating, we turn to food without even thinking about it because it's a natural coping mechanism that has developed over a period of time. And what's happening when we're turning to this is that we actually checked out our nervous systems under stress. And so we are attempting to cope with an overwhelming emotion. So it makes sense. It's a coping mechanism for us, right? And actually, I'll tell you an interesting fact. A study by Harvard psychologist reveals that people spend 46.9% of their waking hours thinking about something other than what they're doing. So being present may sound simple, but it's not easy. So we need to be aware and we need to be mindful. And that is part of the solution. I like that. (laughs) Okay, so um, Cheryl, I just wanted to transition the conversation a little bit as we kind of come to a close. I know that you currently live in Israel and you've traveled to, well, you've been to, you've lived in South Africa and Hong Kong and different other places. I kind of wanted to pick your brain and ask you what those experiences were like. What was the culture like, the food? Did you enjoy certain areas more? Um, things like that. The difference? The difference in the different places. Well, I'm originally from South Africa. I grew up in South Africa. I've been living in Israel for many, many years, and I spent a period of my life in Hong Kong as well. What did I enjoy about all the different experiences? Actually, with me, Precious, I've been a vegetarian for many, many years, for over, gosh, I don't even know if it's 18 or 19 years now. The different foods in the different areas, so... In South Africa, I was never a, I was, I was never a meat eater, and the meat in South Africa is fantastic. It's it's really great, but I was never a meat eater, so I was never drawn to that. And uh, in Israel, I really love it's very cosmopolitan. All the different you know it caters for for every area. I love the dairy and the salads, the salads and all the vegan and vegetarian options. I love all the different colors and the spices, and I enjoy something from every 
every single place that I've been to, I've enjoyed. I uh, also the different cultures. You know, living in Hong Kong, the very fast-paced culture of of just move, move, move on the go. That's the kind of energy I felt there all the time. And uh, I, every place has has got its own special magic. And no matter where you are, I think you take yourself to the place. And this, you can always find what you're looking for in every place. But every place has its own magic and its own special culture. And uh, and the way you show up in the place is the way you're going to experience it. So I'm always a believer that no matter where you are, bring all of who you are 100% and experience whether it's food whether it's the culture whatever experience it is bring a hundred percent of you and you will have the best experience ever be present be mindful be embodied when you're eating just eat taste taste the food check in who's showing up to the table when you experiencing the culture of a different place enjoy it i love landing in a new country and just looking around and seeing and the different smells and the different uh, the different architecture of a place it's it's quite amazing how the energy of a different place can just affect one and when you show up fully all of who you are you move through the experience you can appreciate it that much more Every place has got something special. Oh, wow. I, I'm smiling. I really love that answer. Um, I, I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't agree with you more. Like I've traveled a lot uh, when I was a child up till now. And I can honestly say that what you said is the, is the truth. You know, I feel like you kind of have to just bring everything with you and let the place shape you, you know, like uh, you'll always be impacted by the people around you, the food, what you see in your experiences, and just allowing yourself to be present to let that experience mold you. And as you grow, I think is uh, really real, really powerful. And also to tap into that inner explorer, that inner adventurer that that is inside one. And, and, and really let, let that, that part of, of, of who you are come out to play. It's, uh, there's a lot of fun in travel. Yes, for sure. <gasps> Something that I do with all of my guests on the show, if you had the opportunity, like if the listeners did not listen to the entire show at all, um, and you had one last thing to say before you exited, I guess you can call it a mic drop. It can be a words of wisdom or something. The main takeaway that do you want them to get from listening to this show? What would you have to say? I would say when you give from the heart, you get for the heart. Give 100% from your heart and you will get back 100% for your heart. Perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I was happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a wonderful conversation and I really enjoyed speaking with you, Precious. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week. I hope you found value in our conversation today. I just wanted to let you guys know that you're not alone in your thoughts and your feelings with the world's current events and problems. If you're interested and you want to reach out to Cheryl, uh, you can find her at... Everybody can, can get all of my information from my website at www 
www.sherylputterman.com. That's S-H-E-R-Y-L Putterman, P-U-T-E-R-M-A-N, SherylPutterman.com. I'm on Facebook at uh, Cheryl Putterman Nourishment Vitality, on Instagram at Cheryl Putterman, on LinkedIn, Cheryl Putterman. And as well, I do have an online course on stress eating, which uh, is on the website as well. Awesome. That's all I have for you guys. If you're interested in keeping up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram at Precious the Foodie. Also, if you want to see some of the snippets from this podcast show into a video format, there's awesome, amazing clips that I assembled together on our YouTube page at Precious Pioneer. I would love for you guys to go and check it out. I'll leave all the details below in the show notes. If you really enjoyed the show and you got any value out of it, don't forget to write a review or leave a review wherever you're listening to today's podcast show. But without further ado, live life with love and love food with life. Bye guys. Have a great rest of your week and weekend.